0: You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church sermon podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from his word today. So how should you react when people aren't easy to get along with? How many of you when I was preaching this morning thought about someone? Uh, Okay, I did too it's easy to like people who like you, right? How many agree with that? That's easy to do. People like you, they're easy to get along with. That's no problem. But what about people who are hard to like? And there are people that are hard to like. You know, the Bible says we ought to love everyone, but it doesn't say we have to like everyone. Hallelujah for that. All right. Jesus Christ is our example, isn't he? Did he face a lot of unreasonable people? Did he face people that were hard to get along with constantly in his ministry? Well, yes, he did. But instead of lashing out, and that's our first tendency to do when we're in the flesh. That's why we have to be spirit-filled Christians. Our first tendency would be to lash out against those unreasonable people. But that's not what the Lord Jesus did. He loved them so much that he even was willing to go to the cross, and he was willing to die for them. The Bible says when he was reviled, what did he do? Now, a reviling person is a person who's difficult to get along with. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not. Listen to this. But committed himself to him that judges righteously. He just, he just turned the whole situation and the whole relationship over to God. God, you know. God, you'll take care of this. Very important. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment. And cast lots. Are we to follow Christ's example? Now listen. Is that a difficult thing to do? I'm here to tell you tonight. Listen to me. Only a spirit filled Christian. Can have that kind of response. When you deal with difficult people. What is really at stake. And I want you to think about this. Before we get into our lesson. What's really at stake is your good name. Because your good name can be ruined. By the way you respond to them your character, and your testimony. So think about it. Even if that person who's in your face, who's being unreasonable, and maybe is just bitterly angry towards you and is falsely accusing you, if you do not respond correctly, you're going to lose your good name, you're going to lose your character, and you're going to lose your testimony. Are you with me? Thank you. Proverbs chapter 25, write it down. Verse 21. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 through verse 21 talks about heaping coals of fire upon their head. Luke chapter 6, verse 27 through verse 28 tells about, and give them your cloak also. You also need to consider... You know, Dealing with unreasonable people, and I've had to deal with a lot of them in my life, and I know you have too, it'll just tear you up on the inside if you let it. It'll tie you up in knots, and it will affect you mentally. You'll just think about it all the time. That's not what God wants. It'll affect you emotionally. You'll get angry, and if you stew on that, you'll end up getting bitter. That's why the Bible said don't go to bed with wrath in your heart. And it'll affect your spiritual health as well. So when you get angry, when you get bitter towards that unreasonable person, it it affects you in every aspect of life. Yes or no? Okay, listen, listen, church. So we can't go there. We have to be mature enough and we have to be wise enough. Remember we talked about how God's wisdom will direct us in life? First, peaceable, easy to be entreated, full of good fruits, and without partiality, without hypocrisy. And so we cannot let those unreasonable people affect us. How you handle these kind of people is a factor to also consider for your own personal happiness. I believe God wants us to be happy. Yes? Yeah. Even in the face of having to deal with unreasonable people. The Bible says, a man hath joy by the answer of his what? Of his mouth. How you answer that volatile situation. And a word spoken in due season, how good it is. It can really de escalate the situation. So now we want to get into these five uh, golden rules as to how we deal with these unreasonable people in our lives. Number one, say it with me, keep cool, be spirit filled. Okay? Keep cool, keep your cool, and be a spirit filled Christian. When we're talking about being filled with the Spirit, we know that filling is talking about controlling. The Bible used that they were filled with anger, they were filled with fear, they were filled with sorrow. It meant that those emotions controlled them. We have, listen, we have to be Christian. That's why I'm excited about you ladies and your your Sunday school class you're going to have for the next month. It's going to teach you how to be spirit-filled. We need to be spirit-filled even in the face of situations like this that we respond Correctly, that we don't lose our cool. Your inner calm and contentment is more important than losing your temper. The Bible says, The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. A soft answer does what? It diffuses the situation. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words, and that's what we tend to do. The, listen, the Bible says, When you're bitten, don't bite back. But how many of you here have ever bit back when you've been bitten? We all, we all have. We've all had those wrong responses. That's not the way God would have us to handle it. That's not evidence of spirit filling in our lives. Don't lose your temper. Remember that you have better things to do with your time and energy to the, than to be embroiled in a heated argument. When you get embroiled in an argument, I'm here to tell you, I've learned this, I mentioned it this morning, over the years, it is a, it is a waste of time. Don't do it. It does absolutely no good to engage in argument with an unreasonable person. You'll never get back. The Bible says redeem the time. Make the most of the time. You'll never get back the time that you waste in an argument with an unreasonable person. So just understand that right now. If this is all you leave here with tonight, leave here with, listen, I'm not going to argue. It does absolutely no good whatsoever. You know why? Because you never win the argument. Why don't you ever win the argument? Because their heart's hardened. They're not open. They're not listening to what you have to say. They're throwing, remember the scorner, throwing it back in your face? What did Solomon say to do? He said, don't even answer the scorner. You're not gonna win that argument with them. They're set in their ways. So don't waste your time, don't waste your energy. Number two, think before you react. How many have ever reacted before they've thought the situation through? Oh, yeah. Boy, we do that a lot, don't we? And then we regret it. How many of you ever said, boy, that was the stupidest thing I could have done? Yeah, you haven't thought it through and you haven't thought through what the consequences of that could be. And let me give you a secret. Think it through before it happens. Think about how are you going to handle an unreasonable person before you have to handle them. Because then when it happens, you're going to be prepared. You're going to know what you're going to do. A moment of patience and a moment of anger saves you a thousand moments of regret. It's a pretty powerful statement, isn't it? I like this one, too. Be sure to taste your words before you spit them out. On the way to church, one of the had some um, young men in my truck, and one of them said, "Oh, oh, is there any water? I just threw up in my mouth." I'm like, "That's disgusting." <laughs> so he got some water and he drank his water. You know what? Got to be careful what comes out of here. We better taste that throw up. Come on now. We better taste that throat before it comes out of our mouth and really does a lot of damage and a lot of harm. There are always consequences to your action. Before you act, make sure you're prepared for them. Before you react and formulate your response, think about some of these following principles that I will share. Difficult people will only bother you to the degree that you allow them to. This has so helped me in the ministry. How many have ever heard of water off a duck's back? Sometimes we just have to be mature enough that we just let things roll off of us like water off a duck's back. Because if you don't, the Bible said you will give place to the devil. And when, listen, when the devil gets an inch, he will take a mile. He just gets his foot in the door and pretty soon he's taken over the whole thing. So don't give place to the devil in any way in that area. Here's a quote I thought was a good quote. No one can ever upset you without your permission. You allow them to. Remember one thing, remember what we learned this morning, one thing an unreasonable person likes to do is control you with their anger. If you react to someone who has learned to push your buttons... How many of you know what your buttons are? Come on now, I know what my buttons are. I do. You probably do too. (laughs) Those of you who have been with me, I know what pastor's buttons are. Yeah. Especially while he's preaching, I know what his buttons are. If you react to someone who's learned to push your buttons, you can trigger an avalanche. An avalanche of angry emotions and, and damage your character. Pride goeth before what? Haughty spirit before a, yeah, an avalanche. So we gotta determine, we're just not gonna go there. So don't react, but respond to the situation. Don't allow your ego. How many of you have an ego? Those of you who didn't raise your hand, you are are such liars. (laughs) Could you believe the preacher could stand and say, how many of you have an ego in you? Not me. (laughs) I'll tell you one thing. Men have big egos. Right, ladies? (laughs) The Bible said, only by pride, that ego, only by pride cometh what? Contention. But with the well-advised is wisdom. You know what I'm trying to do tonight? Listen, I love you so much. I'm trying to well advise you how to handle these situations so they don't blow up and we lose very important relationships. God may be trying to teach you humility, which, you know what, we all need more of. How many of you have a lot of pride? Okay, that's the same thing as ego. Okay, I got more votes on pride than ego. I don't know why that was, but... uh, the Bible said, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. We all need more humility. That's why sometimes God allows these unreasonable people to come into our lives, is to give us opportunity to humble ourselves. <clears throat> Not reacting to difficult people also sends a clear signal let's just calm down. Let's just calm down. Again, the soft answer turns away wrath. So who's pushing your buttons? How many can think of someone right now who always pushes their buttons? Okay, quite a few of you. Think about how you're going to handle that now with what you've learned tonight the next time they push your button. I like that picture right there. Uh, Stu, that picture's for you. What are you doing giving goo-goo eyes to your wife during church? (laughs) They're just looking like a little lovey-dovey over there. Thought you were going to kiss her or something, you know? (laughs) Stuart, have you ever had someone in your face like that? Yeah, have you ever been in someone's face like that? Yeah, I know you have. So what do we have to do? Be patient and polite. Be patient and polite. The servant of the Lord must not what? We must not strive. But be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, and meek. This is what you got to come up with. You're not going to spoil my day. I don't care how you act. I don't care how you talk to me. I don't care how disrespectful you are. You are not going to spoil my day. Amen? Number three is don't take it personally. This has helped me more in the ministry than anything else has helped me. Don't take it personally. Pastor Peterson, how long were you in the ministry? 35 years. You know how he was in the ministry 35 years? Because he didn't take it personally. It's the only way to survive the ministry that long. You just don't take it personally. Remember what Paul said, If I, as I seek to please men, I will no longer be the servant of Christ. You just don't take it personally. Usually someone's outward expression or reaction is really a reflection of some inner conflict that they're having within themselves. They're just lashing out at you. Think about this with me. People who are so unreasonable like this, that are difficult to get along with, we really need to feel sorry for them. Because the truth is they're miserable. They're just totally unhappy in life. and So they're just they see that opportunity to get it out and you know you may be the sounding board that day. So feel sorry for them. <clears throat> what they'll mistakenly do is they'll project their inner conflict, the anger that they're feeling, the guilt that they're feeling, the unhappiness that they're feeling, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, if they're a Christian, that they're feeling by just lashing out at you or others around them. <coughs> now, let me say this. Does that ever help? <laughs> it never makes the situation better. But you know... Sometimes they think, you know, I'd just let me get it off my chest. Matthew chapter 10, John chapter 15 speak to this. Jot those passages down. Another thing I want you to understand is remember, you don't know what's going on in their life. When you're dealing with an unreasonable person, remember this morning we talked about these children that are so abused in home, mental abuse, and physical abuse and uh, they're living in a drug environment and um, you don't know what's going on in a person's life and why they're acting the way that they're acting. It could be that they're really, really hurting on the inside and they're crying out. So I want you to think about that. I want you to think about they may be dealing with hardships. Maybe there's a loss and they don't know how to handle it that they've experienced in their life and you may, you may not know anything about it. Another one, these things could be causing stress. How many of you have ever had a lot of stress? Okay, L- listen. Keep, get your hands up, you've had a lot of stress. Are you the nicest person to be around when you're like that? No. You say, man, they're stressed out. So that person may be experiencing some real stress in their life, and they may not even be aware of it, why they're acting the way that they're acting. It's because of all that stress and pressure that they're under. So try to be understanding, try to be sensitive, Uh, to their feelings as much as you possibly can. When the other person sees that you care, there's a possibility that their attitudes will change toward you. Wow, I'm being harsh and reactive to you and you're being understanding and patient and sympathetic and you're actually being kind to me and I'm not being kind to you. But even (laughs) if they don't, and they don't always respond like this, you know, the Bible says, as much as lieth within you, live peaceably with all men. As much as. That means there's cases where you do your very best, but it still doesn't help. Okay? But don't ever stoop to that person's level. Hello, are you all still here? I'm telling you, this is, this is important stuff that I'm teaching tonight. Don't ever stoop down to that person's level. You have to maintain a higher standard in your life. So don't stoop to their level, stoop lower. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one for another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, and some have compassion, make a what? Make a difference. We need to make a difference in relationships. Next is look within. Look within. It may be possible that you've offended that person, and that may be why they're so reactive to you. Do you know sometimes you offend people and you don't even know you've done it, right? I had I had no idea that I offended that person. It wasn't my my intention. I didn't go out of my way to do it. I I had no recollection of it. The Bible said, "For in many things we what offend all." If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. And I'll tell you, we have no perfect men and women here tonight. So sometimes we do offend other people. Their feelings may be causing their negative reaction towards us. So just maybe you need to ask, have, is there any way that I have offended you? Is there anything that I have done? Or maybe you need to ask someone that's close to you, close to you do you know if I've offended so-and-so in any way? If it's true, and you find out that you have offended them, then waste no time. The Bible said in the day that you hear of a matter, waste no time in offering a sincere apology. And I mean sincere apology. We know the difference, don't we? Like when we tell our kids, you need to say you're sorry, and they go, I'm sorry. You go, Now you really didn't mean that, did you? Mm-hmm. All right, stop. Say it again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Kids. But you know what? Sometimes we're just like those kids. We know when someone's being sincere. Don't we? So be sincere about it. Resolve the matter quickly. The Bible said, Agree with thine adversary quickly whilst thou art in the way with him. All right? Listen, if you, if you let that thing, and some, listen, some of you right now have let these damaged relationships go on for years. Don't you think it's time to take the high road and put this thing to an end? Come on now, give me an amen. Thank you. You are my amen section tonight. Have you said something that may have been misunderstood? I've I've had people come to me all the time, said that that I said things, and I'm going, "I I did? Really? When We had the church split years and years ago at Napoleon. I was accused of saying some things. We had to go back and get the tape. Remember the cassette tapes? We had to get the cassette tapes and sit down with the person and have them listen to it to see that I never said it. And they had said, I was sure you said that. And you know what? They were sure that I said that. But I had never said that. I said, thank God for cassette tapes. So sometimes there's misunderstandings. You know, most broken relationships are over misunderstandings. That's why, can I tell you something? Be careful about trying to resolve a matter over email. Or I'm just gonna write them a letter. That doesn't work because people can read so much into an email and into a letter that's not there. Face to face. Or texting, I'll throw texting in there. Or Facebook, or MySpace, or Pinterest. I don't know. If the other person is willing to listen, and this is a key, if the other person is willing to listen, this could be a perfect opportunity to clear the air. If someone says, you know what, I'm willing to sit down and I'm willing to resolve that, man, go for it. If this is not the case, then you know what, you're clear. If there's, un- if there's people who are unwilling To reconcile, you're clear. Number five, and we'll close with this one, is pray. Is pray. Invoke the power of prayer. Jesus said, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them which hate you. And what? pray pray for all those unreasonable people pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you never doubt the power of prayer get god involved in this whole thing ben great message again this morning i wish you all could i told my wife i said man if anything happens to me he's got to be the next preacher of fellowship baptist that boy can teach Great message this morning on prayer. That conflict, you know, Daniel just resolved it by prayer. Oh, that we would pray more. The Bible said, Confess your faults one to another and what? Pray. pray. Pray, pray, pray one for another that you might be healed. Do you believe this? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Pastor Gutlai brought up the Job issue here uh, when he was preaching. Didn't he do a great job during a mission conference? But this was a passage that he pulled out. Of course, this is Job being confronted by his friends. My wife has just been reading through the book of Job, has been sharing with me how unreasonable, right, honey, his three friends were, how off base they were, all the false accusations that they constantly hurled. Once they did start speaking, they should have just shut up, you know, not said anything. The best was when they just sat there and stared at him. But when they did begin to talk, wow, they derated him. But so listen to what it says. When Brother Gutlai shared this, I thought, man, this is powerful. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he what? Pray. Prayed. Not when he reacted, not when he became bitter, not when he fought back. But God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Isn't that powerful, church? Amen. Amen. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Ain't God good? So have every head bowed, every eye closed.